Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. We're talking Nationals baseball today, this Thursday, October 26th, with our good friend Jamal Collier, our Nats reporter for MLB.com. Jamal, we thank you for the time, and uh, obviously the the, uh, big news item with the Nationals right now is the search for the new skipper in 2018, as uh, Dusty Baker dismissed last week, so we're going to Break that down and talk about who the uh, the guys that have the inside track could be for that opening. But I want to start out by talking about uh, Game 2 of the World Series. As uh, Again, we talk on this Thursday. This is the travel day for the World Series as the uh, Ball Classic now shifts to Minute Maid Park in Houston. But, Jamal, uh, you know, a lot of buzz this morning about, uh, you know, Game 2, which was certainly entertaining. It was by no means boring. Uh, the Astros winning that game. In dramatic fashion, 7-6 in 11 innings. A World Series record, eight home runs combined uh, hit between the two teams. The thing that I'm I'm a little unsettled about, though, is that, you know, from the fan perspective, a lot of talk today about, you know, wow, what a great game, and, and this was one of the greatest games ever in the World Series, and I don't quite see it that way. I see it more as, like I said, it was a fun, entertaining game, but it didn't have those traditional elements that, would comprise a a quote-unquote great dramatic baseball game because, to me, it took on the feel of a a home run derby, which the Astros emerged victorious in in the end, not to take away again from the entertainment value of the home run. We all dig the long ball. But what is your take on that as far as, you know, just how good game two really was? Yeah, uh, you know, it was a fun game. I mean, I remember staying up and and, kind of, watching and thinking a couple different times that uh, the game was going to be over, whether the Dodgers are going to be able to steal it, or the Astros were. And I don't know, I, I really enjoyed it. Um, you know, it's kind of tough to think right up top of your head of where it goes, but I do agree to your point on one hand that it didn't have, you know, the kind of traditional uh, things that you see kind of in, 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 in some of the great games that we've seen. I mean, just recently, if you think about that game seven uh, in 2016 between the, the Cubs and the Indians, to me, in that game, and a little bit of reason to see bias stands as one of the games who definitely goes ahead as one of the better games ever in World Series history. But you didn't have a, a game seven or a elimination kind of um, situation. You didn't have necessarily one great performance. You know, you have a three-homer game or a, or a great pitching performance. Those kind of games, to me, still are probably ahead of this one. Uh, any kind of walk-off scenario, uh, just because of just the way that is. I think also kind of, you know, usually the, the ending at least will make it a little bit better. So uh, I know I really enjoyed it. It's tough to kind of you know, rank it necessarily based off uh, just off the top of your head, but um, I, I don't think I'd just put that right away as one of the best World Series games ever, or yeah. the best, definitely not. Yeah, and I, I definitely agree with that. Again, I think there's a difference between you know fun slash entertaining and then yeah. you know good 
and quality. I think there's definitely a distinction to be made there, and this one certainly falls in the category of you know fun and entertaining, but not necessarily that that latter that latter category. As again, you referenced that epic game seven last year between the Cubs and the Indians. You know, I put that in that pantheon, so to speak. Not quite what we saw from game two of this uh, most recent World Series, and uh, you know Jamal too. I think it speaks to the nature of what baseball's become in, in 2017, where you hear about the three true outcomes nowadays, where it's either, you know, walk, strike out, or home run. And it seems like that was the approach for nearly, you know, every hitter uh, on both teams last night, you know, just try to put the ball over the fence. And I, I know that this is what baseball's become in, in 2017, and not just this year, but you look at the last couple years where, you know, strikeouts and home runs are increasing at a rather alarming rate. To me, though, it's disappointing to see that brand of baseball kind of permeate the fall classic. Are you on, on board with that, too? You know, I think it's, it is where the game is, is, has been trending here for a while. Um, and I've just kind of somewhat, uh, I don't know, accepted it, I guess. And I, 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 I'm not entirely sure if the uh, – obviously, when you have more homers, you have less balls being put in play in general. I think that is, is it's just not as good of a product. Um, but I've, I've been kind of debating back and forth for times whether or not just the, the home run spike or some of the things we've seen over the last couple of years is a positive you know, net good for the game. Home runs are, you know, in, in, their, in their sense, good. They're probably what the most exciting things that can happen on any particular play. Uh, the only the problem is when there's so many of them, you almost kind of get a little numb to them. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, I, I think that this was a very extreme, like you said, version of, of some of the things that we've seen from baseball over the, over the last two years, some of the trends we've seen. Um, and, I, and I think that, you know, still it can. We just talked about how fun and how good that game was. So it still can be an entertaining uh, kind of sum. But I think in general, when there are more balls put in play, you probably see a, or more guys on base and more things like that. It's usually just a, a, it makes for a better product. But, you know, like I said, the game last night was really fun. So it's kind of hard to argue that as well. Yeah, I mean, I mean there's arguments to be made on, on both yeah. sides of the fence. You know, it wasn't uh, the the – the pure, you know, baseball product that we've kind of grown accustomed to in a traditional sense over the years. But like you said, it was fun. I mean, it wasn't boring (laughs) and it generated a lot of yeah discussion and and buzz this morning. And that's never a bad thing. So hopefully maybe things will kind of even themselves out uh, on the field for the duration of the series. But that buzz will maintain and carry through. And we'll see how it all uh, turns out by the end of the 2017 World Series, which is now tied at uh, one win apiece. And Jamal transitioning to, like I said, the uh, the issue at hand for the Nationals right now, that is to find the new skipper for 2018 as uh, Dusty Baker released uh, last week. What are you hearing in terms of uh, leading candidates? I know the kind of the hot name right now is uh, Dave Martinez, who was a finalist in 2015 before the Nats ultimately decided on hiring Dusty. Uh do you like his odds on being the guy this time around? Yeah, he certainly seems like the favorite at this point, just kind of for this job. He's usually that guy that you call first, <laughs> usually it's kind of a good indication uh, of maybe who you prefer at this point. Um, I think the Nationals are going to do their due diligence. I think they, in general, and they like this to be a quick process if they can get the right guy in if they really get wild by somebody or if Dave Martinez comes in and tells them what they'd like to hear. Um, I, I think that uh, at the same time, though, they're going to make sure they they interview a, or, or you know contact a wide kind of range of candidates and and, and people. Um, and I think that you know some news happened a little bit earlier today that with the Yankees and their manager, I think it's also going to kind of shake things up a little bit too for the Nets. 
Yeah, and that actually leads me uh, to my next question. Whereas, you know, before the news uh, of today that the the Yankees are not going to bring back Joe Girardi, it seemed yeah. like, uh, you know, the Nationals, not that they could take their time, but there wasn't as much pressure to get their guy in as soon as possible. But now, how much more pressure is there considering that as appealing as the Nats opening is, you can make a pretty good argument maybe that Yankees opening is now the most appealing one. Yeah, I don't think dude. I think that'd be a pretty easy argument actually to make too. The Yankee, the New York job, kind of takes precedent right now. You know, it, it like you said, it, it changes things because in the market uh, before for the Nats over the last you know week or so that they've been doing this, uh, it's kind of between them and Philadelphia as far as guys out there looking for managers, teams out there looking for managers still. And you know, the Nats and Phillies are just in so different places right now in their franchise that it kind of makes it a, a, a little bit of an easier comparison that the Nats were a team that are obviously more equipped to win now than what Philly was. So I think that now you have a team with the Yankees who is ready to win now, who is young, who's, who's got a lot of the same tools that the Nationals have, uh, and then maybe also has some advantages. We talk about not only just you know, New York over, over Washington, necessarily the market side, but you look at just the, the uh, tradition of their kind of stability there, which is it's weird to call New York a, a stable place for a manager <laughs> to go. But uh, you know, they just little, have a little bit better record of stability. Uh, they've paid managers a little bit better. And I think that just, yes, it also just adds another team that's going to be able to compete for those same candidates. Now, if you're Dave Martinez or any of the hot names on the, on the market, Kevin Long and such, uh, you've got you know another um, another option out there. You have more people into the marketplace. It just kind of uh, makes it less good for the the, the, the sellers or the buyers or whatever kind of situation the Nationals might be right now. Yeah, uh, certainly that is the case. And uh, Jamal, would you agree that you know with, with any managerial job comes pressure? But given the circumstance <laughs> that the Nats are in, that they just let a guy go that won back-to-back division crowns. They've got some big, big names, uh, you know, up for free agency in 2019. Of course, the biggest of all, Bryce Harper. When you factor in all those elements, I mean, is this World Series or bust for whoever inherits this job? Yeah, I mean, no question. I think it's – and that's that's a tough thing is that you're coming in and you're being asked to uh, get comfortable, get set, especially if you're a first-year manager who's never done it, uh, and then be ready to go to the World Series. And, it's you know, on one hand, it's obviously what, the, what you're in the job for and what kind of makes it exciting, but – you know, it's a tough mandate because the Nats has shown in the past that if they don't feel like their manager can get them to where they want to go, they're not afraid to make a change. And I think that uh, you need to get to a World Series and you have, you know, somewhat limited period of time here to really get that done uh, or you may have to prepare for your job security. So that makes it, to me, without a question, just kind of the, the, the biggest pressure uh, that you'll have for any, any of the job openings left. Yeah, no question. And to come down the home stretch, Jamal, uh, is there anybody internally, even though that, uh, you know, when they let Dusty go, the coaching staff went too, but is there anybody internally uh, in the minor league system, any minor league skippers or coaches that are being at all considered, if for no other reason than their familiarity with the organization? Yeah, I think that they're also kind of, you know, taking a good look at that route too. They've had some coaches that have been around for a little bit. Uh, guys like Bobby Henley's been with the organization since uh, for a few years. Now you look at guys like Rick Shue. The, I mean, those guys, I, I think maybe Henley a little bit more, but uh, Randy Knorr is a guy who they just hired. Uh, he had, he'd been a minor league coach before, been on the major league staff. Uh, he's a guy who's, who, was, since the last couple of years, is kind of a special assistant to GM Mike Rizzo uh, before, you know, now he's the AAA manager. just hired him a, a week ago for that. But he's a guy who I think if, if, if they don't like what they're hearing from the outside, they could definitely kind of turn within. Uh, and talk to somebody like him. Um, the, you know, one of the guys who I think they wanted to keep on the staff in general was pitching coach Mike Maddox. 
Uh, he just actually signed with the Cardinals. He's going to be their pitching coach. It happened a little bit earlier today uh, here on Thursday. So I think that you know, in general, the Nats, they, they, they're going to, again, I said this earlier, they're going to kind of open this up really. And then every organization talks about doing their due diligence and such. But I think they also are going to look at every, every kind of candidate, every different name seriously uh, to see exactly what they think can be a fit for this team for now and, and, and hopefully for the long term. Yeah, a huge, huge decision upcoming for Mike Rizzo and uh, his fellow Brass uh, in Washington as they look to find the succeeder to Dusty Baker for 2018. And uh, we'll see how that turns out. Maybe this time next week we will have uh, that to discuss. Uh, Time will tell. Jamal Collier, great stuff as always. We certainly appreciate it on this Thursday. We'll do it again next week. In the meantime, Matt Wehmeyer signing off for MLB.com Extras, Washington Nationals.